the pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 172 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and with me this week is the legendary point man, the, the, the protagonist of the Talking Brawls podcast, the money host really, if we're being true about it, Niall McGrath. Niall, yeah, how are you? I agree. Yeah. Good, Sean. Not too bad. I'm nearly asleep after that fight car, but yeah, not bad. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No bother. Well, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. And I suppose I suppose we'll we'll get into that first of all. But today we're we're going to talk about UFC Hamburg. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Pori and Alvarez card that's coming up next week. We're going to talk a bit about Usada and Bellator and loads of uh, loads of different stuff in here. But how was your weekend? Who who'd you backed in the golf? Did you have Marlinari to win it? Uh Jesus! Don't don't talk to me about the golf. Ricky Fowler, it's forty quid each way and fair, and he shit the bed there yesterday. So I was pretty pissed off with that. But listen, I don't think I don't saw Malinari win it. Do you have a bet on yourself? I I, I Tommy Fleetwood. He was one shot out from being each way. So fucking mad enough. My friend of mine had uh, had Molinari at thirty to one. So I wasn't too bad. He'd Molinari and who else? Did he? I think he Tiger as well each way. So fucking nice enough. Like if, if to have it. Ti- you know? Tiger was. 50 to 1 yesterday in some bookies. Really? 50 to 1 to win it? Called him 50 to 1, which, which was absolutely, swear to God, one of the lads off us put 50 or 100 quid each way in him. Jesus. Be all right if 50 you had to it. 50 to 1. Be all so right there you if you go. Yeah. Who do, who do yeah, you fancy now going forward for the next few majors? Do you fancy Ricky Fowler again? I, I like Tommy Fleetwood is going to win one. I, it's just to have him backed, I think. Yeah, I think Tommy's more likely to win, though, a British. In my opinion, just the US courses. I don't think he's enough experience in the US courses. But going forward, you know, you'd you have to look at a guy like Ricky Fowler. You know, he's going to break the door eventually. Yeah. He's knocking on the door a lot. But and um, what are we coming up next? And um, the U, US, the US Open was on. We have the PJ Championship is the last major of the year, so it'll be interesting to see who gets that one over the line. But uh, so listen, man, there's so many little uh, young lads that can win in golf now these days. Like if you, you're picking between twenty lads in every tournament because yeah. the standard of play is so good. So. So tough to call it. Yeah, it's good to see Tiger back as well. Like I want, Jordan Speed, I think is an ah, unbelievable brilliant. player. Like if if we see Tiger and Jordan Speed and and Rory going down the last hole, the last couple of holes at some big tournament, it'd be unbelievable. But class, sure, these things happen. I, I, he's just he's just boring though. He just bores me. Speed, Speed. I like he's him. A, like he's just him. personality. Now, he's yeah. a brilliant player. Don't get me wrong. Very, very exciting to watch. But he's just a bit boring, like for a young lad. He's one of these lads. Like, he's, he was he was sitting in when he was 15, 16, not out having a few beers, yeah. like like most normal sort of kids. I don't know. That I don't is, know. Just a bit boring. That is probably Tiger. True. Tiger's great. He is great. You're, you like you need a bit of Tiger there. You have to have a bit of Tiger. It's no Definitely. good. And, yeah, but I really he's a, he's a freak. But he's a great man. He's a great. Man. I really didn't expect this to go. But you have to do. Do you know what we should do? We should do a, a golf podcast for fucking Patreon at some stage. Even though. I don't, I, really know, I don't really know that much about golf, but I like to listening. I love listening to the Off the Ball Golf Podcast. Actually, it's very good uh, when I get a yeah. chance. And obviously, uh, you're with him. But we'll, give, we'll, we'll talk about that later on. Everybody. Right, let's get into yeah. people. I guarantee you the majority of MMA fans absolutely hate golf. <laughs> Just tuned out of that first three minutes there, but fuck them. Be all right. Uh, Patrick Cote is a keen golfer, you know that? Is he really? He looks yeah, like a golfer, very, actually. Very keen. Very keen golfer. He's always tweeting about it and stuff. Cub Swanson plays a bit of golf as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he was over here. He was playing a lot when um, I think he was over here as a guest fighter for what was it UFC uh, the Poirier um, Duffy fight that fell out the last the last UFC here. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. He was out playing golf a lot, yeah. So he's okay. he's a good golfer apparently. Speaking of boring sports, what about UFC Hamburg, which tied the record according to Mike Bond for the most decisions in a yeah. row, ten decisions in a row. Um, it was it was pretty awful all told, wasn't it? Uh, it was terrible. I f- was nearly literally having a nap at one point. I think it was the Stefan Struve fight <laughs> against Marcin Tabora um, to board the arse off me. <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> But um, yeah, listen, just just some disappointing fights for me on, on the whole card. Um, you know, I wasn't too excited about it coming in. I, I was interested to see obviously Marchie Casey against Nazrat Harkfist, and uh, you know, it's just gone very wrong. I think for Mark since he's gone over to ATT, and that was uh, that was pretty disappointing. See, just just a lackluster performance again from Mark. The Danny Roberts fight was very good in fairness against Zawada. I enjoy that one, but but bar that, it was it was it was pretty grim stuff. And you know, Shogun as well, Sean. Do you really want to see him back in the octagon again after that? Uh, I don't know. I suppose it's uh, we, we'll get Shogun first. We, we'll get to the Casey in a second. But yeah, Shogun. Like, uh, I don't know. It, it's easy to I suppose to look at one fight and you know say that do you want to see him again? And probably not. Like I'd I'd love all these guys to retire that are fighting this long. But Shogun had one three in a row before this. You know he beat Corey Anderson, who we saw in the comment event, but on a, a pretty good performance, if not the most, uh, you know, exciting in the world against Glover Teixeira. So, you know, beat John Volante, beat, uh, beat Little Nog as well. So, yeah, I, I kind of, like, it was, I think this was an easy fight to predict. And we kind of, we talked about it on the podcast last week, myself and BT, yeah. I'm sure you did as well. Like, if, you know, I think Shogun is probably a, like a better technical fighter than Anthony Smith, you know, arguably, but the power was always going to tell in this one. I think Anthony Smith is a power fighter. He's a hitter. And that's mm. exactly what told her. Like Shogun came out in this fight and he came out to attack Anthony Smith. You know, he came out not, not he to came at him but yeah. it, was, it was reckless abandon. There was nothing. Was, yeah. There was but, no technicality behind it. It was out. It was sloppy and he got caught. Like it's grand playing that game if you can win that game. You know, it's grand going out to take three shots if you can land two and your two that you land are better than his three, you know. But Shogun was uh, was going out to land one shot and take one shot. And Anthony Smith's one shot was always going to be harder than his one shot. Mm. And, you know, we saw it. He took one. He took that front kick to the face and he took it very well. That was a hard shot. But then Anthony Smith came with a one-two after it hit him hard. And that was basically finished uh, at that stage. Obviously, it was, a, it was a short fight. Let me just look here. The decision isn't up yet in Wikipedia. Yeah, or, the, yeah, but it was like it was basically over for it started, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the elbows did a side shot, I think, up against the fence. And yeah. a good stoppage from Goddard to jump in. It was a barrage of shots, as you said. Nice combinations. But Shogun just showed nothing for me in that fight. I was very disappointed with that performance for the duration of the short bout that it was. And it's just, you know, I just don't like seeing guys that. And you mentioned sort of the names that he beat in the last number of fights. Like, let's be honest, they're not the most outstanding guys. I know he ground out a decision against Corey Anderson, but, but Corey isn't particularly known for his finishing ability. It's just... You know, if you look at the other fights against OSP, Dan Henderson, Chel Sonnen, Gustafsson, it's just it's just sad to see a guy perform like that in, in a fight like that. That we know he's capable of a lot more, considering his age as well. I'm just you know I'm not particularly interested in seeing him, and I think it's good that Smith has won because we need fresh blood in the light heavyweight division as well. Mm-hmm. I want to like contenders. You're, we're looking at Smith like and. How far can he actually go? I like. I don't think he is the best fighter in the world. I think he is a good, powerful agree, fighter. You know, we saw him obviously against Shogun tonight. We saw him against Rashad Evans, but against Tiago Santos, you know, he got knocked out as well. Against uh, Muchanche, he got he got decisioned uh, a couple of a couple of years ago now at this stage. But you mm. know, I th- I think he is one of those guys that, as you said, there we need new blood, and he could be 
I'm not saying he's an Anthony Rumble Johnson type of fighter. I don't think he's that good, but I think he's the type of guy that if you put him in there with one of the good fighters, you can say he's he's so powerful that he has a yeah, chance of I knocking agree. them out. And that's something we might, you know, at light heavyweight and heavyweight, there's always that chance you will knock someone out. And because of you know, DC and John Jones, especially because they're so good, because they're so technically good, it's very difficult to go in and get someone who's as technically good, you know, to give them a mm. chance technically. So maybe if you can give them a chance a puncher's chance and it's a real thing a light heavyweight and, and heavyweight do you think like Smith could be one of those guys uh, yeah I think he's um, you know as you said a puncher's chance to cause some upsets in the division you know you go back to the technical aspect of the fight and you know some of the shots he threw there even to, to the body of uh, Shogun there was no real technique behind them it was just sort of you know slugging away at him but it's the power there that was hurting Shogun and I think he's definitely a guy that could yeah cause a few upsets but you know the, the thing is that we just need names in the mm-hmm. division because it's going very, very stale. And any sort of performance, you know, as you said, where he's going to go in, people are going to be wary of his power. He's a chance of fucking ca- catching them and knocking them out. And I, I think that's probably the most exciting part of Andy Smith's game. But as I go back to it again, you know, we just need names in the light heavyweight division because there's very few there at the moment. Yeah, what do you think of this? Uh, he called out Alexander Gustafsson afterwards. Uh, yeah, LA make fights come happen. Up. Yeah, I think that's make a good fight happen. as well, yeah. You know, make it happen. Give the guy a chance. Give the guy an opportunity. He's obviously not going to be very hurt after that. He didn't really sustain any damage. And uh, however, the duration was a minute and a half the fight went on for. So, so why not put him in? Why not give him a chance? Why not let uh, a, a guy like this have the opportunity um, to take out a guy like Gustafsson, give him that chance and create even more um, guys that are going to elevate themselves into the top five or six in that division because we need it. Yeah, and I think, like, the point you make there, only went a minute and a half or whatever it went, that's, you know, with this card coming up pretty quick. Like, this this card and, you know, the, what is it, UFC 229 or something? I'm not 100%. 9, I think, yeah. yeah. Like, they, those cards have kind of been decimated before they even happened, especially this one. You know, there was so many changes to the top of this card. And with light heavyweight, you know, that division is just a mess at the moment. So maybe if you could get, as you said, the new blood, Anthony Smith coming mm. in here against Gustafson. Like, if he beats Gustafson, you know he's a real challenger. He, you know, he, he could be in an interim title fight. If John Jones is coming back, he could be in that fight, and he basically came out and over. And that can happen in these in these divisions, you know. Because okay, fair enough, going in beating Shogun. That's a you know that's a good win. But remember too, last week Daniel Cormier was calling out Shogun. Shogun was basically yeah. the number one contender in that division with Gustafson and John Jones gone away. So you know he has that win. If he fights off Gustafson, beats Gustafson, this is a fight. You know this is a fight you can talk about. This is a fight you can you you know you can promote, but. It's, I suppose it all comes down to, to Cormier and uh, and Jones. What you think? T- tell us what you think is going to happen with Cormier and Jones. Cormier and Jones. Yeah. When are they going to fight next? Are they go- uh, is Jones ever going to fight next? Is DC going to fight Brock? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about you this know, Brock I, thing because we, t- we have different uh, opinions on this, don't we? Go on. Tell yeah, us. Go, go on. on. No, you go first. Right, what go about on. Brock? Okay. What's Cormier going to do next, Sarge? Before we get into Brock. Uh, am I interested in seeing Cormier and Brock? No. Really? I'm interested in seeing. In- no, not particularly. No, I, I'm not. You know, this whole shit that we we saw a couple of weeks ago was just embarrassing. You know, make it a little bit more or less obvious than it's a WWE promotion, and and you know, I'll be I'll be getting on side. But it was just so scripted. It was awful. It was it was cringeworthy stuff. Probably the most cringeworthy stuff I've ever seen in the UFC, to be honest with you. But listen, I I want to see Brock and John Jones. Like, let them out. They're they're both. You know, <laughs> why is Brock caught. and Why is Brock and John Jones different to Brock and DC? Because they're both on a level playing field. Because they've both been done for juice before, and it's, I think it's just a more exciting fight. Two colossal specimens of human beings, and, and John Jones, you know, for me, 
still the goat. I think he's he's the greatest fighter that's ever stepped in the octagon. But you look at a guy like Brock Lesnar, like who would not want to see John Jones and Brock Lesnar? It, like seriously, like it's it's so much more appealing, I think, than Daniel Cormier and uh, Brock Lesnar. But, you know, you, everyone's gonna. I don't care what anyone says. Everyone's gonna remember Daniel Cormier getting knocked out by John Jones, regardless of what happened after with the testing and stuff. It's just more appealing, and no one's ever going to forget that fight, in my opinion. I, I do agree with that. Yeah, Jones you know, and Cormier. Yeah, people are not going to... that's what makes yeah. it more... I think if you put Brock and Cormier in, it just takes away a little bit from it, knowing the fact that John Jones is sitting there, and you know we, we could have potentially had Brock Lesnar uh, against John Jones, and John Jones haven't beaten Cormier. It just takes away a little bit from the fight for me to be honest I don't know I think I think uh, Daniel Cormier get out of the shadow of John Jones by winning that heavyweight title because John Jones had absolutely nothing to do with that heavyweight title you know he beat went up beat Steve Miocic and won that and that that absolutely epic brilliant moment in the octagon afterwards when Brock Lesnar came uh, in and absolutely brilliant stuff why, like, why, why do you hate fun garbage why it was fun, fun. It's, no, it was clearly I fun I don't mind a bit of crack but yeah it was a bit so, of crack it's you're trying to sort of legitimize the sport and you're just getting that No, you're crap. not. It's just who, absolute, it's absolute who, garbage. Who on. is trying to legitimize the sport? So did, did you hate, like, when McGregor uh, did all the, the, you know, the press conferences with Mayweather and Eddie Alvarez <laughs> and throwing things? No, did you Like, no, did you hate no. Tito Ortiz and, and Chuck Liddell talking but, but, back, back through the years, talking bullshit? No, did you hate Chelsea so, Sonnen? It, it's, there's a little bit of a difference, right? How? Because they're clearly kind of trying to pr- promote a fight. I know they the all are doing the same with that. But it's just just the manner in which they did it. It was so scripted uh, looking. Sure, at least the other stuff doesn't come. Ac- at least the other stuff doesn't come across as scripted. Chael as Sonnen didn't look scripted a few weeks ago. But Chael Sonnen, I'm not talking about Chael here. I'm talking about Connor. Forget Chael. Connor he's a, didn't he's a sound. Moron. Connor didn't sound scripted when he was doing those press conferences with Floyd. Not really. No. Ah, oh, come on. Ah, oh, come on. They all have... They, they, people don't just come out with this stuff. Like, they all know they're going to do it. They it all go out to promote garbage. these fights. If they didn't, they'd just be garbage. standing there doing nothing. I know. It's, a, it's the manner in which they did it and the way they executed <sighs> You're just trying to be... You're just trying to be a smart market. fucking dreadful. It brilliant. It was the, uh, one of the best uh, things I've ever let's, seen. Let's talk about Cormier Miocic as well. And I think a lot of people aren't talking about it is the eye poke. And, yeah. I, you know... It was a very, very nasty looking eye poke, and it looked like it was done on purpose to me. And I, you know, I blame Steve to a certain point as well. I don't think he took enough time out with the eye. He should have taken three, four minutes, got it straight. You can't. And clearly, straight afterwards, Daniel Cormier targeted that eye. It it was, it it was blatantly obvious because Miocic was definitely having trouble after that eye poke. And, you know, it was definitely a factor in the fight for me. Definitely. You're not, you're not. You know, I'd I'd much rather see Steve Miocic and and Brock as well, just in terms of a fight. You're not allowed. By the way, you're not allowed to take five minutes with knife hook. It's only a grind strike. What is it? It's, it's what is it? just straight away. You have to go straight back in, or else the referee calls the doctor to have a look at you. That's why. Did you see right. Mark Goddard today? He was yeah. someone got eye poked. He goes, "Can you see? Can you see?" And he was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Do you want me to call the doctor?" And man goes, "No." And he goes, "Can you see?" And he goes, "Yeah." So you, you have to fight straight away. It, the rules are it's yeah. only a grind strike. So you know, okay, fair enough. He he got his call for the doctor or whatever, but you can't. Yeah. Do that. But it but was even, it, an eye poke. I agree with you. It was it was a pretty bad eye poke. But like, it, was, it, it looked it was, on purpose. It was dirty. Yeah. It looked dirty. You know, I slowed it down. I watched it back numerous amount of times, and it just looked nasty and dirty to me because when he actually threw the punch. Um, his his hand was open and, I, and, and I, the further he reached out it didn't close at all it actually opened further and the hands went directly into the eye um, 
I had a look at it probably 10, 15 times, and it doesn't even get any better mm-hmm. the more you see it, I think, as well. It was it was just it was nasty from Daniel Cormier. And I think, you know, th- there is a little bit of a nasty streak in Cormier like, I like that. And that I think game. maybe he's learned that from from the Jones fights and what's gone on in the build-up and actually on in the fights there that He's maybe taking a little bit less shit than he used to. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was just disappointed with the, the, the way that fight panned out in the end. Um, you know, if Steve Edden got that eye, eye poke, I think we might have seen a different fight. But I don't. I think you know, that's I all here to say. I think DC would have still won it, yeah. But as you said, it's all here to say. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen with John Jones? Like, is it? Do you think he's going to get off? Do you think he's going to be banned for a few years? What's the crack? Well, I'd love to see. I, I wish we'd know more. Yeah. That's the problem. Like, we don't really know an awful lot. Like, you know, I was talking to Mike Winklejohn a number of months ago, and 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 they were saying that they were hopefully getting some good news on the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's never really come out. Uh, you know, the, Malky Kawa, I think it is, or Abe Kawa, you know, um, who's John, John's agent was. Um, they've had a. They've got off a numerous amount of guys. I think from uh, the tainted steroid angle. Uh, tainted supplements angle, tainted steroid angle. <laughs> what am I talking about? That too, probably. Um, so, so, so that's the line I would believe they were going down. That's what Mike Winklejohn was was more or less saying to me um, when we had him on the show a number of months ago that they were uh, sort of blaming the supplement companies and things like that. So that, it's just it's just a lot in the air, man. I don't really know what to make of it to be honest. With you, yeah. I, I really don't. It's 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 messy. There's not much clarity in the whole situation. Obviously, I'd love to see him back in there, mm. um, even though he, you know, he has been done for cheating. Uh, but you know, I just think um, the more we know, um, if we know more, we can make a decision on what to do. And I'd love to see the Brock. But it's not going to happen. I'd also love to see him fight Steve Miocic, but that's not going to happen. And I'm not sure the UFC are too interested in doing the Cormier fight again. What What do you think about about that? Will we see Cormier and Jones again? Um, yeah, I'd say we probably will because Cormier is definitely not retiring. Like, I think people just need to stop that bullshit. Like, oh, I'm retiring in, in March. Whoever in the history of combat sports has said mm. they're going to retire at an age and actually did retire, nobody no. fucking ever. So stop that shit. Car- well, well, will you give up the light heavyweight belt? I don't. I don't. That's the I don't know. I don't. I don't really care. Like, he's definitely not going to fight at light heavyweight ever again. Like. There's no Cormier was struggling. He was killing yeah. himself to get down to light heavyweight. Then he puts on fifty pounds, and the people expect him to make light heavyweight with a broken hand in two months. It's like no, no, that's not just just not going to happen. Like let's be honest here, he's going to fight Brock, yeah, I, and I he's going to fight Jones. I, I, yeah. I think he needs to relinquish the title. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't really care about titles. It's only fairy tales anyway. But. Here, listen, we'll be cutting this all day if we go and go. So we'll go to the, another bit of this uh, of this Hamburg card. Um, Corey Anderson and Glover Teixeira, not much to say about that one. Co- uh, Corey took him down and basically rode him for three rounds. Glover Teixeira wasn't great, was he? It was just it was an average fight, really bad. It, it, it was an average fight, but listen, fair play to Corey taking the shot. Shot? Uh, fight. He took a shot? Before we came Jesus. on here. <laughs> <laughs> took the fight in short notice, step in there, uh, you know, Granted, out did what he he does very well, um, in terms of his wrestling ability and and you know neutralizing, um, the tools of Glover Teixeira and you know good performance. Kudos to him. Got in there, got the job done. Well done. That's all I can say about the fight. Not a great fight. Yeah, Abu Azatar had a good performance as well against Victor Miranda. Win three rounds with him. Marcin Tabora basically. That was the biggest pop of the night. It was. Yeah, he had a lot of. He seemed to have a lot of fans yeah. there. I think he's. I think he was living Morocco. in Germany or something before, or I don't know something. But he, yeah, he 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 looked okay, but Vitor Miranda didn't look great either. Marcin Tabora, same could be said for him and and Stefan Struve. Stefan Struve is just awful. Like he's just he's, 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 so he's awful. terrible. I think I, I think that's the end of Struve. I think we might very well see him in Bellator very soon. Yeah. Um, you know, just you, you remember the fight against Arlovsky, probably the one of the worst fights I've watched in many a year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, it's just stale. Nothing's happening with his career. It's not progressing. It's regressing, if anything. I think there's always been doubts since that incident when he fainted. Yeah. And I just think, you know, I, I question really whether Stefan Struve wants to be in there. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's just like, I think he's... He's like really athletic, really big. He's fast for a guy who's six foot eleven, but he's just terrible. Like he's just useless. Like he's absolutely rubbish. He can't use his, he can't use that speed. He can't use his size. He can't use his athleticism. He's terrible takedown defense. He doesn't hit hard. He's he's okay from his back when he wants to be, but he he isn't great most of the time. He's just he's just awkward bad and nothing is nothing is executed with any vigor vigor. Or real sort of coordination, as mm -hmm. you said there. You know, there's, there's, it's stale, it's regressing, and I won't. As I said, I really wonder about his mentality and mm -hmm. um, whether he wants to be in there. And for me, you know, I think that's probably the end of his UFC tenure, definitely. Yeah, it could be. Um, and I suppose we get your boy Mark Diacasey next, who had another bad performance here against yeah. uh, Nazareth Hakparash. Easy for me to say. Um, look, I, I, I'll get to it first, and then we'll, I'll let you have your say. My, like mm. my thing on Mark Diacasey is right when he was fighting in Bama when he came into UFC and for uh, at at the start, he reminded me a little bit of you know Israel Adesanya, Anderson Silva, even a little bit McGregor type. You know, guys yeah. who are natural fighters. Not McGregor a little bit less maybe, but natural fighters go out and throw their big shots, let it flow. And what I said at the time, and what most people I think said that he maybe needed to add a little bit uh, technical to it. You know a little bit more of a jab, few leg kicks, you know, a little bit more technical. And he's done that, but then he's forgotten what made him great. You know, he's he's kind of forgotten the, you know, the flamboyance, the madness, the, the, you know, a little bit like Anthony Pettis as well, you know. Uh, he's kind of forgotten that, and he's the, the gap to, br to be bridged between technique and, you know, madness and athleticism and, you know, yeah. your natural ability. He hasn't bridged that gap, and he's fighting with all technique now, all game plan, and it is not working for him. He has to abandon this and go back to what he used to do and try to, you know, do that first and then try to put the technique and stuff with it afterwards because this is not working for him, is it? I, I, I think, you know, something that a lot of people haven't talked about, you know, Mark's a very good grabber, a very good wrestler. Yeah. I think we didn't see any of that, and I think he needs to bring that definitely back in his game and I totally agree with you I'm not sure ATT is the right fit for him you know I'd often speak to Mark and you know I, I think possibly he might be a little homesick being over there away from his family and things like that I'm not just certain it's the right fit I know he was doing a lot of his boxing in the lead up to this fight actually outside of ATT in a, in a soul boxing gym in Florida obviously you know doing the rest of his camp with ATT but you know I'm just worried I'm just not sure he's he's 100% happy there I don't think it's the right Right fit, you know. I'd like to see Mark go somewhere, and um, as you said, you know, where just sharpen up and maybe just let a bit more flow out of his game and, and not be so uptight and tense in there like he looked this evening. Mm -hmm. And I think you know somewhere maybe like Rufus Sports, somewhere like uh, maybe TriStar or something like that, um, where he can um, he, he can he can sort of <laughs> your boy, level your things boy out. I just Ma said Mark Tristar Henry as well. Is so Mark Henry, you got Mark Henry. Is that it? No, I don't think Mark would be a good fit. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I think yeah. probably TriStar would be the best one for him, to be honest, you know, it, it's more of a gym where they you know, obviously focus on their stand up, but it's very grappling orientated as well. But for us, so uh, something like that, I think, would be a better fit for Mark. And I just think he's very low in confidence at the moment. I tend to get that from him. He's maybe doubting himself a little. And, and I don't think that's helping as well. He needs to get back, as you said, to that free flowing, flamboyant, exuberant style of fighting. And that's um, the only 
case I, I can make for Mark because it was a it was a poor performance and as you said or as I said a few moments ago I think the wrestling element is is is, is thoroughly lacking and I think it's something we saw very early on in his career that he was very very good at yeah. and I just don't understand why they're not taking advantage of that because before his his you know his run in Bama he's knocking guys out he he was getting guys on the ground and smothering them. Mm-hmm. That's what he was doing. Yeah, 100%. You know? Like, watching the fight, it was funny. Like, watching the fight, that was exactly my thought. Like, he, like he's a guy who needs variation, you know? You, I'm not just saying Definitely. go out and throw mad spinning fucking back kicks and everything. He needs variation. Putting in a few of, of those takedowns with the kicks and with the, the punches, like, he, 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 like, he's a guy who... Who's, you know, he's just a mad fighter at his best. But now we're just looking at him and we know what's coming next. You know, it's he's it, too predictable. It's, it, it, it's yeah. very predictable, yeah. and I think the mark we used to see was the total opposite. Mm-hmm. It was so unpredictable, and it just seems tight and up tense, uh, tight and tense, mm-hmm. and there's no flow whatsoever. Yeah. Flowy art, then flowy. He needs <laughs> we, to we he, need, yeah. need that. He definitely needs yeah. to keep it more flowy, hundred percent. But um, yeah, I suppose Danny Roberts had a good win as well in a, a close enough fight with David Zavada. I think David Zavada, you know, a lot of people around gone Europe, way. yeah, know a lot about him. You know, that was a, a good fight, and I think he'll get a, another opportunity there. Um, uh, Damian Randovich never in a boring fight is he mm, no never he's, ne- he's never in a boring in fight, fight in fairness to him um, yeah. yeah but I, I, I'm pretty worried you know Danny he's the kind of guy that just ever since that Mike Perry fight I just worry about him because yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was just nasty what, what happened in that fight but yeah, yeah uh, entertaining fight probably the most entertaining fight in the car to watch yeah definitely yeah, I'd agree with that on the ground as well it was a, it was a really good fight Nick Hind the, uh, the German GSP as I like to call him got a got a big loss here it was a relatively well it wasn't really a close fight although it was a, a split decision and uh, Emil Mech as well lost here Emil Mech is another one of those guys a little bit like Dia Casey although I don't think he's nearly as talented as Dia Casey I just think he has that big shot and he's He's not very talented or now he he's absolutely no takedown defense. You know, I joked on, on Twitter that Stefan Struve is is being taught wrestling defense by Emil <laughs> Meek. Like he's just oh he's he is one of those guys, right, that says, Okay, every every round starts standing, so I'll try to knock him out at the start of the round and I don't care what happens in the next four minutes, fifty seconds. So he's he's one of those guys, isn't yeah, he? And yeah, definitely, I, I don't definitely. think he's much of a future in the I, UFC. I, 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 I thought Nad Narmani was, was good, yeah. you know, it, it was a typical Nad performance. It was like mm-hmm. the one against Paddy Pimlet, just smothered um, Tana. And I think he's going to cause a lot of problems in the featherweight division for opponents. He he's, reminds me sort of Trinaldo-esque, neutralizes fights and, and yeah. makes them dirty and horrible and, and kind of boring to a certain extent. But I'm not sure how far he's going to go because of his style. You know, you wonder if the UFC are going to book him in, in bigger level, better top-level opposition fights. But I think he's an awkward matchup for anyone and definitely one to watch here in, uh, in Europe. He's a little bit like Rafael Asensio as well. You know, he's just fucking a pain in the arse for everyone he fights like. That's but it. maybe more wrestling-based than, than Asensio. But, yeah, he's... I, I like Nad Naramani, though. He is, you know, he is a... He's a good fighter, but uh, yeah, I'm looking looking forward to seeing what they do with him next. Uh, all right, let's move on. Before we before we get to next week's card, I suppose the the biggest, um, well, one of the biggest stories this week was Anderson Silva being uh, <laughs> suspended for a year by USADA because of a of attempted supplement and things like that. Like I, I kind of talked about it a little bit with PT last week because there was a few fighters in the card with Junior Dos Santos and a few in the in the card last week, yeah. and we we're talking about how we've kind of lost patience and lost trust maybe in USADA, like. After this Anderson Silva thing, I think, like I did a poll, I think 800 people voted and it was like 56% said to keep mm. USADA and like 44 or whatever it was said to get rid of it. Like, wh- what's your feelings on USADA at the moment? Do you still have trust in them or do you think it's just a pain in the arse? Well, that, you know, the whole tainted supplement thing was was it was a total disaster, um, an absolute nightmare of an opinion. But listen, I think we need to keep them around. I think, you know, 
they should be doing a better job, a more thorough job. It seems quite messy at the moment, but without them, you're not really going to get, um, you know, the recognition from certain governments around the world. I think it definitely puts a bit more of a legitimate spin on things. I, I you know, I, I, I know they've messed up badly, but still having them around, you're still finding a little bit more trust in what the fighters are doing. And I think we're still going to find, we're, we're going to find guys that are cheating still, regardless. And I know they have tainted a lot of guys' careers from from the messing up that they've done. But would you would you know would you rather not see them? I don't think so. You know, I want to see them around there still, and I want to see them get out the legitimate cheats. And that's just my worry. If they do walk away, that the sport's going to go back to as bad as it was a number of years ago. Well, not the sport, the promotion, where we're you know we've guys who are whose bodies are changing like that, and we're not finding out what what they're up to. So that's my take on it. But, yeah, it is a mess. I think there's, there's drastic room for improvement uh, with USADA, definitely, 100%. Yeah, like, I'd like to see them make that improvement. But if they can't, I wouldn't, I'd wouldn't. i have no problem getting rid of them, to be honest. Because I think, I'm not sure they've done good for the sport. I really don't think that, I'm, I'm not sure they have. Like, they, how many guys have got banned when they shouldn't have gotten banned? How many guys well, have not, lost I just years? Think, yeah, I think the problem is the flagging. Mm-hmm. Why do they have to make this public? Um, You, you know, maybe just hold off a little bit till they actually get the B sample and, and, and they, they can get everything confirmed. I think that's where, you know, you're getting a little bit of, you know, p- painting a brush on a guy before it's 100% confirmed. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why that's done. Is there a particular reason that, you know, that's done, the, the flag when they release on their yeah. website, the UFC come out with it? I think it's just Surely they should wait around for a B, it, yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, it should really be 100% confirmed, you know, with the B test. Um, I, I presume there's, you know, a B test taken the, there on site. So I just think that could be an issue. I'm not 100% sure of the technicalities there, but I just, as you said, I think there's definitely fucking room for improvement because yeah. it's 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 not it's not acceptable to be screwing over guys' mm-hmm. careers that are innocent and not guilty of of being cheats. Yeah, and I, like I don't think I actually think it was way over overplayed and overblown how bad the drug problem actually was in MMA there was definitely guys on it but like is, is Bellator or World Series of Fighting or any of those ones any worse like now I, I'm not sure it actually is you know I think it's you know I think fight night testing well, I think, we, I think, you know there's, there's, be there's been a lot of guys a lot of guys rumoured over the years to yeah. be uh, you know, we're not going to go naming names, obviously here, but you know, you know the guys that are talking about from Bellator and, and WSL. Neil, Neil Siri, is like it? That. Yeah, Neil Siri. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think it's pretty evident to some of the guys that that hang around in other organisations, and they're the the guys who are getting the most money in there. You know, there was clear lads in together, there was, guys. There was lads in the UFC as well. We know, like they, we saw them, and they just absolutely died of death for about two years. Yeah, and 100%. then they came back a little bit, you know, because they they normalised again. You know, their levels normal. You know, we've seen them creeping back in a little bit, and you can make your own accusations of who you want to <laughs> accuse, like, but we all kind of people aren't dumb, like, we, we yeah, see what's yeah. on. But I suppose getting on to Anderson Silva, like, people are talking about Israel Adesanya, they're talking about GSP for Anderson Silva. Mm. He's going to be back in no- October, November. Who'd you, who would you like to see him fight? I, I don't care. I, I've, no, I've no real interest in seeing Anderson back in there. Yeah. Um, just in relation to his recent fights and performances, um, slumped right downhill ever since that Chris Weidman fight. Uh, you know, nothing... Uh, I, I'm not really interested in in really seeing him back in there at all, to be honest. And I think, you know, if they are going to give him someone like Israel Asanya, it's just basically, um, I think, giving Israel a platform to go off. 
because mm-hmm. I could see Israel uh, winning that fight very comfortably. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's the fight to make, though. Let, let's make it happen. Our, yeah. our no, GSP, if why he, not? If he is going to come back, that is the fight I would like to see, yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. I, I have no interest in the GSP fight. I mean, who do you think GSP should fight, though? <laughs> I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, maybe the winner, Conor Habib. Um, yeah. I think we're going we're gonna to get that fight pretty soon. Everyone seems to think it's on the cards. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I I I'd like that. I'm not sure whether it will happen. You know, maybe Nate Diaz, someone like that. I think we need to obviously have a big name for an opponent against GSP. I think it's the only fight he's going to take. Yeah. Um, big books, big money, big opponents, and and someone um, along the lines of those three, I would like to see him fight potentially Woodley. But I think yeah. you know, I spoke with Darren yesterday, and I think Darren doesn't really know what's going on. I I'm not even sure that you know. I think maybe Darren might be pitching for a fight there, really. Yeah. Um, getting in ahead of Covington, but, it's just it's just yeah. a, a strange situation. But I think yeah, I, I'd like to see the Diaz McGregor or, or Habib fighting. Maybe Woodley. I, I I wouldn't say no to that either. Yeah. The next thing I was actually going to talk about was that interview you had with Till, and I suppose more more so the situation with mm-hmm. Colby. You know, Ariel um, Ariel reported that the UFC were thinking about stripping Colby, giving Till a title shot against Woodley, who's coming back soon. Woodley seemed to yeah. know nothing about it, as you say. You talked to Till; he seemed to know about it. But I think the, the kind of the main point of this and I know this is kind of um, an uh, an odd way to talk about it because um, Colby Covington is such a kind of a a villain, a heel, if you like. But like, okay, if you're um, Colby Covington won the belt a month ago, right? One month ago in a five round fucking war, war with Rafael Desanos, and they're on about stripping him before I he's agree. had time to recover. Like, I joke. don't care if you hate Colby Covington. This I this agree. is a joke. Like, imagine if this was your favourite fighter. Imagine if this was fucking, you know, for you, Pat Bam Bam fucking Healy or for me, <laughs> Wanderby or something like that. Never getting stripped of their title. But like, but like whoever's listening to this, like whoever your favourite yeah, fighter is. I agree. Like, it's, it, it, this is Criminal. this is terrible. This should not be, I don't give a fuck who Colby Covington, I don't really like Colby Covington either. I don't really care about him. But like, this shouldn't be stripping anyone after a month. Yeah. Like, okay, it's an interim title. Give give him an extra month. I'm Tyron Woodley doesn't care. He wants to fight Colby Covington. He wants like this fight is going to mean more to him than a Darren Till fight because it's yeah. going to be a belt versus a belt, you know. And I, I, you can promote that a little bit more. But this it's terrible, isn't it? Uh, yeah, listen, it's it's a joke from you. It's criminal mm-hmm. to be honest with you that they're not letting a fighter heal up properly and then trying to force him into a fight where he's clearly. Um, but clearly, I think he said he he hasn't pulled out of of the fight, but um, it, it is. Listen, these guys need time to to recover, and I think the UFC, you know, it just it just baffles me sometimes some of the shit that comes out, and we're not even sure if it's a hundred percent confirmed or true that that offer was ever made to Darren Till. I I'm still a little bit suspect of it. I think Darren might have been trying to play his way into a, a title fight into the talk, which is a very smart thing to do, but. If you can't give a guy who's just won, as you said, an interim fucking title a month ago in a five-round war against Rafael Desanias an extra month to recover. Like, think about it. Last month, and they wanted to fight in September. It's, it's fucking ludicrous, man. It does. It angers me. And I probably haven't vented it enough, um, you know, on social media. I'm going to have a, a word about it this week on, on, on our show. Um, but, yeah, it's just crazy. They need to let him sit out for another month. Um, you know, they ha- they ha- I think they have to do this fight between Colby Covington and Tyron as well. There's been so much shit said over the last three to four months. It sells really well in my eyes. There's been a lot of shit talk. So why would they pass over something like this? Yeah. I, I don't really understand it. It's definitely a fight that needs to happen. And I think, to be honest with you, they could do a lot better in the welterweight division than what they're doing. Like, matches do not seem to be getting put together. It's probably one of the most stacked divisions in the UFC. Probably the most stacked division at the moment, in my opinion. That or the lightweight division. 
and no fights are getting made yeah. outside. <laughs> like, it, like what's happening? Darren Till was pretty annoyed, I think, yesterday as well at Tyron Woodley because Tyron isn't really coming out and saying who he wants to fight. Mm-hmm. It, it's strange. I, I find that weird on, on Tyron's level that he's not making a definitive statement. And I agree with Darren when he said that to me yesterday that, you know, he's the champion. He should be, you know, I'll fight this guy, a definite thing. And there's nothing like that. Yeah. The weirdest Nothing's thing as well, Woodley. the weirdest thing about this as well is you're giving it to Darren Till and Darren Till missed weight for his last fight. You know, Ar- yeah. I don't think he yeah. beat Wonderboy. You know, it was a very, very close fight and you're giving him a title shot oh, after oh, that and stripping listen, an interim champion. It, it was a, it was a very close fight and I scored it for Wonderboy as well. I think I did three rounds to two, whatever it was to, to Stephen. And, I think I asked, asked Darren about the weight and, you know, he, I think he had a bit of chocolate is what happened, something along those lines. I'm not 100% sure, but I asked him in an interview and, you know, in fairness to Darren, he hasn't missed weight before. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be missing weight. We saw the whole video come out, but you have to trust him again. I think it was a blip and I think the UFC would have come out and said, you know, oh, you're definitely not fighting at 170 pounds again. He seems very confident that it was only a minor uh, blip error. It'll never happen again. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the case. I think you'll, you'll give him the one I agree. Strike. I agree, but it, again, I don't think no. you, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. I hundred percent agree with that. But I don't think you give him a title shot when there's an interim champion. Yeah. You know, it yeah, just, no, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't think Darren should be getting the title. And Darren even said it. He, mm-hmm. You know, he goes, "I don't deserve a title shot." Yeah. But he goes, "You know, if Covington's out, who's next in line? It's me." Which mm-hmm. is a fair enough comment as well. And you know, he'd be mad not to to, to play for it or have that opportunity. You never know when that's going to come around again. Yeah, hundred percent. So that's what. Darren's mindset is that's what he's thinking and you know he said he hasn't followed up on the whole issue he says you know he's going to wait for the UFC again to reach out to him and, and maybe get the situation resolved this week but it's you know it's very much up in the air at the moment I don't you know I think Colby's come out and said tonight or yesterday that he's not out of the fight or, or something along those lines and the fight hasn't even been confirmed has it have no. we got a date it's just a no. schedule date they wanted in September but listen the UFC uh, I've said this for quite a long time I think some of the matchmaking has been uh, terrible um, in the UFC, I think there's a, a big problem with that. And I think basically the, the higher powers in the organization need a, need a reality check because something drastic is going to happen very soon in the, in the UFC if they keep doing things like this, keep letting the weight cutting issue get out of hand, putting guys back in when they shouldn't be in there. It's, it's worrying for me, definitely. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. But, you know, they don't seem to want to do anything at this stage. You know, yeah. it's just it's just shitness yeah. after shitness, to be honest with them. But let's get to next week's card, which is anything but shit. It's actually a, a really good card. And headlining the card as a guy, I know you talked to, uh, I don't know if it was earlier on today or this week, anyway, yeah. Eddie Alvarez, yeah. who, who fights uh, Dustin Poirier. How, how was Eddie keeping going into this Eddie fight? Eddie was the, the rematch? absolutely unbelievable form. Mm-hmm. But most exciting. He was like a child, literally. He was out, out playing with his kids in a... Uh, Soccer field, and uh, I think a few of the boxing there's uh, Ray Robinson, uh, one of the guys he spars with, a boxer, was there with him. And really good form. Um, I think he's very interested in getting back in there with Poirier because he felt there was a lot of holes um, and things he didn't execute properly in the last fight. And he also said something very interesting. Check it out, it'll be on later in the week. We'll, we'll be back on Wednesday um, with our show. He felt as though Poirier was breaking in that fight. So, you know, interesting comment. And I've heard actually a couple of guys say that before, that they felt dust and break opponents that have fought against them. I cannot wait for this fight. I think it's going to be an absolute barn burner again. Like these two guys are in wars the whole time. But that's the worry for me. And, you know, Eddie t- seems to embrace that, that, you know, once he's in trouble, the dog comes out and that's his sort of attitude where there's no real game plan going into the fight. You know, he takes whatever's thrown at him. That, that's sort of worrying for me with Eddie, I think, at this time. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, you can't let that go on forever, in my opinion. 
that sort of sort of style. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree with fight. that. You know, even before the McGregor fight and before the, the last party fight or whatever, we, you know, myself and Graham were talking about it here and we were saying, you know, Eddie Alvarez has taken a lot of damage. You know, similar thing with even Frank Yeager, yeah. who maybe wasn't knocked out and didn't got knocked out because you know that damage adds up. But going into this fight, I suppose you know the first fight, Dustin Poirier kind of dominated the, the first round. Then uh, Eddie Alvarez came back and obviously he landed that what they called an illegal knee and it was it, was, it, was, it was a no contest uh, but look coming into this fight I suppose it's you know you're looking at the same sort of thing again I think it's going to be a war you know there are two guys who love to come forward so. and go harder the thing about Eddie Alvarez is though you never know what Eddie Alvarez like mo- 90% of his fights he does come out and he just comes out the bang basically but some fights in we saw the you know the Pettis fight and other fights he's pushed lads against the fence he's played that wrestling game and against Poirier maybe he will do that a little bit I think because of how well Poirier did well, in the first yeah. round you know just Eddie Alvarez will talk he'll talk but he know you know same with McGregor he said he was going to come out and, and bang with him but you know he tried to take McGregor down although people seem to not realise that but I think he'd, he will try to do a Poirier will he be able to do it I think Poirier's wrestling has improved I think his offensive wrestling is, is better is better as well but I do think if it does get into that into that fourth that fifth round I think Eddie Alvarez will have the advantage I think he is so more of a warrior I think he will take a better shot I think you know if it well, gets to those trenches that's interesting do, do, do you think Dustin breaks at times. I, I I do from from watching fights. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I think you know certain times in the past when he's you know he the, the chips have been down. He hasn't been able really to turn it around. I'm not I'm not sure if it's breaking, but I don't think he I don't think he takes damage as well as other guys. You know he has been hit yeah, knocked. Obviously you know McGregor knocked him out. Michael Johnson uh, knocked him out, and uh, you know was it like Kira Karasani knocked him down and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I think that does you know take its toll you know he he went four rounds with Justin Gaethje in his last fight so yeah. you're saying like <laughs> who's going to win a war against Justin Gaethje <laughs> yeah, over four true, rounds and true, he did it true. so that that maybe answered those questions so maybe this is is one where Parry answers more of those questions and it keeps going four or five rounds we could have a fucking absolute epic on our hands and it was it was pretty good the last time although you know it was an unfortunate ending but I'm really looking forward who do you think will win it? You know I, I, I'm going to go to Alvarez and I think you know speaking to him earlier on today I think we got a sense of that he didn't execute the things he wanted to do in the last fight as well. And I do agree with you. I think he's going to use a lot more of his wrestling in this. It, you know, it, it's it's not rocket science to think that, that that's the area he's going to get the fight done. We saw him against Pettis, as you said, getting him up against the cage, grinding, looking for the single, single double leg takedown and try and smother Poirier. And I think he's going to be able to do it. And I think he's going to be able to do it in the later rounds, maybe even a stoppage. But I, I listen, I can't wait for this fight. I think it's an absolute cracking fight. The first one was sensational i just think alvarez needs to be more strategic and tactical in his approach and i see him getting the job done i just i i I tend to agree with eddie in terms of dustin sometimes maybe breaks and i think that's where uh where eddie is going to get the job done eddie can go all night um you know we've seen him plenty of times in the past the chandler wars for example uh, I, I think we're in for another absolutely battle of attrition, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get Eddie shading this one for me definitely. Uh, I think this fight will come down to how much damage Eddie Alvarez takes early. I think if Dustin Poirier lands a lot of damage on him early, it could tell going into the later rounds. If Eddie Alvarez has a f- good one or two first rounds, I think he will win the fight. I think he'll he'll go on. He'll go from strength to strength. Now, like th- this fight is a little bit <clears throat> like the Dia Casey fight where I think Poirier will be a little bit more technical and stuff like that and Eddie Alvarez will come in and try to land the harder shots but having said that Poirier is one of the hardest hitters at lightweight you know he is an unbelievably hard hitter as well so you know you had that that added dimension of these two hard hitting guys I do think Eddie Alvarez takes the damage a little bit more even though I have said you know that he has taken a lot of damage but you know he's shown he can take a lot of damage as well Dustin Poirier has 
you know he can get hit he can get knocked out we you know we've seen that before so i i'm really i find this one hard to pick I, i'm i think paria will win the early rounds and he'll end up winning the fight because of it but i wouldn't be at all surprised you know even if eddie alvarez did come out and wrestle for the first mm-hmm. round you know if he can take him down and win that first round 10-9 i think he'll go on and win the fight uh, but i, 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 I think it's it. i think it's crucial that eddie doesn't lose the head in this fight and yeah. keeps cool and 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 doesn't do what we've seen him do so often in the past where he's he's reacting, he's taking the damage and putting the head down and swinging for the fences. I think he needs to go on a t- cool, calculated, tactical approach. And if he does that from the get-go, uses his wrestling, I think he'll get the job done. I think we're in for a cracking fight, though. I really can't wait for it. Yeah, 100%. And then another, what could be a cracking fight in the co-main event is former UFC welterweight, or a fucking featherweight champion even, Jose Aldo, taking on yeah. the hardest-hitting 145-pounder in the yeah. UFC Jeremy Stevens. This who's had about like eight decisions so far. His last <laughs> yeah. eight out of his last ten, I think, have been decision. But yeah. obviously, he's finished. The, you know, Josh Emmett and and Duhu Choi in the last couple of fights, which impressive. But you'd, you'd wonder about Jose Aldo again. I think that's the question. You know, what what are we going to see from Jose Aldo? Lost those two fights against Holloway. Um, you know, lost the McGregor fight. Is Jose still the the, the the fighter that was there a number of years ago? I'm not so sure. And, I, you know, I'd worry about him making weight as well this weekend, to be honest. Mm. This, this is the fight that tells, really, because Max Holloway is not a fight you can tell. You know, if you're at the top of your game, I, Max Holloway can still beat you. But if you're yeah. at the top of your game, you beat Jeremy Stevens. You know, if he's anywhere near the top of his game, I think he beats Jeremy Stevens. And now that's... Jeremy yeah, Stevens is a good an awful lot. He's a very good fighter. So this this will, will tell. I, I, I can't pick against Jose Aldo. I think Jose Aldo will beat Jeremy Stevens. But I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this was the, you know, people after the McGregor fight and said, oh, Josie Aldo's old, he's over, and after the Max Holloway fight, you know, he beat Frank Edgar between them. Let, let's yeah, not forget that. Br- Absolutely that destroyed him. Yeah, brilliant performance against so, Edgar. If you can put another one of those performances on here mm. against Jeremy Stevens, okay, we can say Jeremy or uh, Josie Aldo's still there, but maybe he won't. You know, maybe this is the time yeah, where Josie Aldo's I think- old. You know, a lot comes down to Aldo's mentality in, in fights yeah. and, and know whether he wants it, where he wants to be in there. And I'm not sure, you know, he'll be able to get up after the two Holloway losses, you know, get rejuvenated. That's my worry. I think Stevens is hungry. He seems to be getting actually better probably as he's getting older, more technical, more um, well-rounded as a fighter. And, you know, I think we could be in for an upset here. You know, I wouldn't bet against Jeremy Stevens getting a knockout here. I think Stevens could, uh, could knock out Jose Aldo if he just keeps... Clogging away at him, I think he could catch him with something big. I, I generally do. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And three rounds as well is going to be different for Jose yeah, Aldo. You know, definitely. most of these fights are obviously over five, so that's uh, interesting to see. Another former yeah. champion as well uh, on this card, Ioanni and Jacek taking yeah. on uh, Tisha Torres. It's it's another it's an interesting one again for Ian Jacek. Obviously, she's not at the the stage of her career where Jose Aldo is. Where you know, it's talking about is she hanging on to us? You know, she can obviously move up even if she loses or even if she wins. Uh, like. What do you expect from you on A&J coming in here? Tisha Torres is a t- relatively tough yeah. matchup. You know, if she can take her down and do some wrestling, but she's a lot smaller and, you know. She's so quick. Yeah, she's she so quick, quick Torres. She's a, she's a nightmare in that element, in that aspect. Pace is just, uh, she's probably the quickest strawweight, the quickest probably fighter on the women's roster. She's like a little, well, the tiny tornado. There you go, there you her, go, her yeah. nickname. But Joanna, listen, I think a lot of people... Um, and maybe even the scorecards didn't reflect her performance against Rose. I thought she was very good against Rose. You know, it was an excellent fight, the second one. Um, landed a lot of shots on Rose, hurt Rose at times. But I wonder, again, it's like Jose Allo thing with Joanna. You know, she comes across at this front as, you know, strong. She's so focused. I think maybe upstairs she's doubting herself. And that's what worries me. But saying that on the other hand, I don't think Torres will be able to deal with her kickboxing. It's on a different level. You know, obviously Rose has beaten her. Rose is fantastic. But... 
I think that's going to be the real issue for for uh, Torres. Torres is a lot smaller than her as yeah. well, and I th- her power, her combinations, what she throws at her. If she can, she, she can get near her, because Torres is so fast, I think she will eventually. It'll slow down as the fight goes on. But I do see Joanna walking away with a with a win here. And um, you know, I'm really looking forward to that fight as well. Like the top top three fights in this card are, are sensational fights. Yeah, I, not I, so much the rest of the card, but. It's, it's all right. It's good. Yeah, I, I think just one word in that fight. I, I think Joanna will probably win a decision. I, I yeah, agree with everything you said there. Like Tisha Torres should be a, a hundred and five pounder, really, if they had that yeah, decision. Yeah, she's, she's small. She's very yeah, small. Joanna cuts a lot of weight as well. She's really a hundred and twenty five pounder. You know, we saw yeah. her in Cage Warriors yeah. uh, fighting Rosie Texan, one hundred and twenty five pounds. Remember, and yeah. she was very good. So, yeah, like I think, yeah, I think Joanna will win that one best on on all those things. But uh, other than that, yeah, Jordan Mean has come back here against uh, Alex Morono. We've Cage oh, and Johnson. Yeah, Cage and Johnson. Islam Makhachev should be a good Mac- fight. Chef's a good fighter, man. Yeah. John McDessie, Ross Pearson, maybe not the, the most meaningful fight in the world, but I think that could be a hard battle over three rounds. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Two very two very good strikers in there, and, and so I think someone's getting hurt in that fight. I, I like that one. I, I like the women's flyweight fight as well. Davis and Chukagan. It's, it's an interesting matchup yeah. in that who division. Does, who does Chukagan, who's she trained by again? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the the blonde fighter, not her nickname. Yeah, I like, I like Chukagan. Randa Marcus and you know, so there's some decent fights in the card. Like the the top three fights are sensational fights in my in my eyes. You know, I really like uh, Aldo Stevens as well. I think it's a really good matchup. But the main event is is uh, absolutely fantastic. But let listen. Let's hope it's better than the last card that was in Calgary. Could UFC be much one, fucking worse. UFC you know? one twenty nine. Oh, really? What a dreadful God. night. Was that the one with Faber? Yeah, oh, Faber yeah, and Cruz. That was, that was horrendous. It was horrific. Was horrific. Horrible. All right. Before we get into the questions here, let's discuss this. Let's discuss Bellator because I know both of us love discussing Bellator. Uh, Bellator. Let's discuss it from a good point of view first. The Bellator welterweight tournament was uh, was announced this week with, with ten fighters, and obviously they're going to have four. What was it? What it would be quarterfinals? Is it? And then they're going to have like one additional fight. But it looks really good, doesn't it? They've put, since the last podcast that I talked about, Paul Daly has been signed, and it looks like he's going to fight. MVP yeah, time. So it's yeah, it's it's about time MVP fought someone, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. He's been getting cans for quite a long time, mm-hmm. and I think this fight's been boiling up ever since. I think you are Bellator Belfast, really when it kicked off. I remember speaking to Paul Daly and MVP, and and you know there was a lot of shit talk back and forth between the two of them. And I think now is the time to make this fight happen, and I think it's really going to test um, MVP. You know, Paul Daly obviously with that power, that left hand could cause him real problems, but it's just going to be interesting to see the whole build-up to this fight. That's what I'm fascinated by. The shit talk's going to be fantastic for this. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm just, as I said, I'm just looking forward to seeing MVP fight someone. Yeah, tested. Definitely. I think he's really good. Like, I think he could genuinely be one of the best welterweights in the world, but we just I, I, need to see it. You, ju- you, you just can't push a guy that slowly. You know, yeah. I'm all for on certain occasions, obviously, like the likes of James Gallagher, Me young too. guy. Mm-hmm. I've no problem with that. But when you have a guy who's 28, 29 years of age, whatever he is, and just consistently getting probably even lower level opposition a lot of the time than he's fought in his, his previous fight. It's just crazy. It just doesn't make any sense. And over such a long period of time as well, you can't just keep going um, on that and selling the guy in that because people are going to cop on. And I think everyone's copped on to that chain of thought in relation to uh, Michael Venom Page. Yeah, and we've obviously Rory McDonald is in it as well. Karish, Kauf. Yeah. Who'd, you, who'd you fancy to win it out? Well, I think Rory, I think you can look past Rory. You know, uh, yeah. His last couple of performances have been very, very good. And I think, um, you know, if you look at an all-round game, an all-round fighter, it's Rory McDonald for me. Um, I can't really look past Rory. I, I, I think it's a great thing for Bellator to do. It's better than their, you know, normal dinosaur competitions that they put on mm-hmm. or tournaments. 
and I'm excited. I, I generally am excited. I just hope to get a fucking TV deal done. Yeah, you know? well, it's a live TV deal done or you yeah. know, something. This doesn't shit. It's, I don't know what the whole hullabaloo about that wasn't. It's absolutely of zero relevance to us because mm-hmm. you can't even watch it here. I, I found that absolutely bizarre uh, to make such a big song and dance about it when it's not even available yeah. in the UK or Ireland. So that, that's Bellator at the moment. I just think there's not maybe they need some changes at the top in terms of their, you know, strategy and, and what they're doing, because, you know, I think to keep putting on shows in this country, you know, you know, said it a hundred fucking times. It, it's just bizarre to me when they don't have a live TV deal in, in place or, you know, even at this stage, I think we'd even accept, you know, just a live stream on, on, on YouTube, mm-hmm. whatever to, to watch it. It's just got to that point where it's just, it's just total bullshit uh, at this stage. And but. the thing about Bellator is as well, they, they seem to be signing loads, like Norman Parker signed this yeah. week. There's, there's a lot of rumors of other guys signing. There's a lot of rumors of, but what's, what's the point, Sean? If, yeah, if, exactly. You know, it can, it's just, it's just like pissing against the wind. It's mm-hmm. just crazy. And it's great to see Norman get signed up. I was speaking to Norman a number of weeks ago. Norman was actually offered a fight by Ryzen as well. Um, I, you know, I saw the details on that, turned it down. Um, Bellator came in. He signed a deal with them. Great for Norman, brilliant for Norman. I think, you know, it's, it's they probably should have signed him a, a while ago. Um, but yeah, you know, sign these guys for, for what reason? If the fans in the market you're signing these fighters from aren't being able to consume the product on live TV, crazy. I know both of us are absolutely sick of talking about it. So, ho- like, they, they did, <laughs> Garrett Davis reported they're going to bring something out in the yeah. next couple of months. We've heard that 10 mm. times before. Yeah. We've yeah. Heard Bjorn Ribney was saying that five years ago as well. So, I believe it when I when I see it. But hopefully, but uh, before we get to the questions, on, on TV and streaming deals as well, there was a report this week from uh, Jim Edwards that the UFC <laughs> would be signing with uh, <laughs> 11 sports coming up in 2019. Yeah, I had never heard, I'd never heard of 11 sports. Apparently, they're going to try to be on Virgin and Sky coming up next year whether they will or not i don't know yeah. is it going to be streaming like to me this seems like an absolute disaster for the ufc apparently endeavor wme img are are part of this 11 sports thing and that's going to be the reason mm. why they're signing with this like for me bt sports was was okay it was something new at least they have the premier league like you're going to have people watching the premier league buying it yeah. for that like who's i think 11 sports have like syria and some la liga games like there's they, nobody going to be signing up for that let's be honest yeah they've taken a, a few things off of uh bt sports mm-hmm. um this year on Sky Sports, I think La Liga and possibly as well as Serie A, yeah. um, a number of games they've on there. I think they've got some NBA coverage that they're going to be trying to um, take over as well. But yeah, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, it's just worrying for me that, you know, is the stock of the interest of the major channels like Sky was rumored they were going to go in and the last time BTA bid them. I'd love to see Sky take that gamble, but I, I, I'm, I'm not really sure they're going to. And, you know, as Jim has said, that it is 11 sports is looking likely. It's worrying for me that it's sort of regressing. There's no stability mm-hmm. on the networks, on the stations, where they feel really feel like building a product. Like we saw with obviously BT Sports and, and the first deal that they they made efforts, but they executed terribly badly with some of the shows they had. Mm-hmm. And I think they could have done a lot more with it to entice the audience. They failed miserably with that. And I think that's that's been a huge problem with BT. I'm not that sad it's gone off BT. The only thing I'm sad about is that it's not going to Sky yeah. and that we have to sign up for another bloody tv station and it's just more headaches for us as consumers mm-hmm. of the product and the fans obviously as well it's just a mess sean and and that's what pisses me off you know you're gonna have to pay another 15 quid to for a subscription it's just all over the place it's getting to that point now i think we're getting so saturated with sports on, on tv that you're gonna have to if you're a consumer of all sports you're gonna have to have every station and be paying whatever 25 quid a month for for different subscriptions um 
annoying, frustrating, but it's just something I think we're just going to have to face. But listen, I hope this channel is a success. If it does move over, I hope to do original programming, shows where people want to interact, um, you know, boost the sport promoter a bit more. I think BT have failed with that, and that's been the real disappointment. They've given up almost, uh, I think, on a lot of their coverage with the UFC. Yeah, 100%. Like, from, from BT, they seem to, like, get halfway through the deal, and then they've just been letting it yeah. run out since then. Yeah, I think that was exactly. a problem. And, and with this 11 sports thing as well, like, I think that there's a big difference between fans in Ireland and in the, U- in the UK than everywhere else in the world, because I think, you know, other places in the world, you have sports fans who will come in and watch UFC and be casuals, but I think over here, a lot of... Th- MMA fans as well are other sports you know they like GAR they like football or likes you know soccer whatever mm. I, I, there's obviously a, a band of people who just like MMA as well but I think I really think it's more and a lot of people will watch it because it's on BT because they have it for the Premier League or if, yeah. you know, if it was on Sky they'd watch it because they have it for the Premier League with this 11 sports if you're getting people to just sign up for it to get the UFC you know and a little bit of other stuff that you know I don't think anyone is signing up for I think that's going to be very tough and that's uh, I yeah. think it's going to hurt the sport in the long run but let look we'll, we'll see I suppose in the new year how it, how it goes and um, what way it, it pans out but uh, let's let's get to some of the questions here before we go uh, everyone go over to patreon patreon.com forward slash severe podcast sign up it's like a pint it's the price of a pint a month Niall had like 15 of them last night so you just <laughs> wanted him like <laughs> fair, I, I, I'm not going to line out a fair few last yeah. night after work I was, I was in late long day busy day so I indulged Dublin was kicking last night it was really? happening around the place I suppose busy, there's not much going on. Like, there's no soccer. Well, I suppose Dublin were playing. Were they playing football yesterday or today? It was um, yesterday. yesterday. Beat Tyrone. Eddie Alvarez is very upset as well. He's, he's a big Tyrone fan, yeah. Actually, yeah, he is. So, yeah, fair, fair play to you. You're going to win. Limerick, yeah. Limerick and Dublin are going to win the All Irelands this year. So, that's going to be great, isn't it? That's, that's Dol- great, sure, Dublin will walk away with it. The football's yeah. crap these days. Yeah. It's just, it's just so is, far ahead. Hurling is brilliant, and that's why. That's why Limerick are going to win it. So, yeah, one of the one of the it was a Limerick lad in the office. He was jumping around last Saturday when we with the game on, and yeah, Neil nice. Tracy from Today FM. He was he was jumping around with joy. First time in my lifetime we beat Kilkenny. So <laughs> you, there you go. Give yeah. Give us all right. Uh, Owen Heffernan asks, Will Dana White still be the UFC president by winter 2019? If not, who do you think will replace him? Who do you think will replace? Uh, I've been saying it for a while. I'm worried. You know how much yeah. of a shit Dana gives anymore. Um, about the UFC and uh, you know I wouldn't be surprised if he walks away Me but neither. then you wouldn't be surprised if he stuck around for another 20 years it's one of those mm-hmm. situations but yeah I just wonder how much he cares really about the products that he's invested in anymore especially with WME IMG in there but um, you know I wouldn't you know, I think it's it's always a worry if you have a new promoter because like let's be honest he's done great things for the sport as much as we dislike a lot of the stuff that he does um, he's been the guy that's had that drive, that vision to, to put mixed martial arts where it is now. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't really give a shit if he walked away Me either. MMA has changed an awful lot over the last few years. I don't think he's half as important as he used to be. Because, mm. you know, at that time he stopped talking to the media, stopped doing the scrums and all that. He kind of just faded out of the consciousness. And I don't think it would make much of a difference now. Like, who would you replace him with? I don't know. Maybe that's, a, that's a Brian Stan or... You know, someone like that. Maybe even Conor a, McGregor. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it could even be a Sean Shelby or a Mick Maynard or someone like that. I don't oh, get it, out of here. I don't think it makes it. much of a difference anymore. Nick Maynard, Sean Shelby. Come on, Why come not? on, Sean. That's just, just that's just the worst even suggestion Jeff I've ever heard. The Chael Sonnen. There you go. Yeah, Brock Lesnar. Let him. General Manager, yeah. not Kurt Angle. Bring him in. Uh, <laughs> MMA Taliban. Will the MMA hour still be around next year? Yeah, I think it will be. I think I actually like it. Well, maybe I'm. I, I like uh, analysis and stuff like that, and I think Luke's analysis yeah. is, is pretty. It's good. very different, yeah, and I think they had to yeah. they had to go down that line because Ariel's still obviously running his show. Um, I haven't listened to it enough. I'm I'm in work most of the time when it's on, so 
it's just, you know, it's just hard to listen back to stuff. I think when you're, when you're working weird hours, but yeah, yeah, I've enjoyed it so far. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't minded what I've seen of it. It's very different. And I think that was, was needed. Um, the numbers have gone down a lot though, but that's obvious with Ariel and uh, yeah. Ariel's presence, what he brings to somewhere. And that's going to be, um, I think it just has to, you know, form, let it grow, get its own identity of what it is. And then, uh, you know, I'd say it'll be around. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they'll, they'll cut it. What, yeah. what would be the point of that? 100%. Evan Keaveney, uh, what do you make of rumours of Fabian Edwards going to Cage Warriors? Yeah, I saw this today. There's uh, obviously not substantiated with anything yet, just rumours and things like that. But, you know, I think Fabian Edwards is one of those guys that is one of the top prospects around here. You know, you can build him up. I'm sure Cage Warriors would love to have him. I'm sure Bama would love to keep him. You know, from a selfish point, Bama seem to be coming. They've, I think they have four shows booked in Ireland over the next year. So, yeah. you know, I wouldn't mind him staying with there so we could see him. Or Cage Warriors don't seem to be coming back to Ireland at all. So I, I'd wonder about Bama, though, as well. Yeah. You know, I wonder, I'd wonder how much of those shows we'll actually see. Yeah, how sustainable I'm, is that? Like, because Irish uh, shows are costing so much money. Like. I'm a little bit concerned about the future of Bama, if I'm honest. And that's, yeah. that's just speculation. Just if you look back at the card we had there, the, the Reese McKee fight against. Um, uh, Say his name for me. Uh, who was it? Reese McKee. Uh, he signed for Bellator. His opponent. The oh, guy yeah. who beat him. Uh, oh god. Yeah, oh, we, yeah, that guy. Yeah. The, the good yeah. wrestler, dude. I can't. Remember yeah, yeah, him. yeah. Right. I, I was obviously over. Did Reese's way cut with him and 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 went through that sort of uh, process. But it was just sort of the undercard there. Like you, you have an opportunity on ITV four yeah. straight after the England game in a World Cup, and you put on. Um, a co-main, a co-main event, and the fight prior to it, just total garbage. And guys who, you know, Anthony Taylor have a lot of respect from. He's he's coming there. He's turned things around. But you know, the guy he, he the guy he was fighting, um, Hale, I think it was uh, Dan Hale is, is the guy's name. And Dan Hale was six and zero going into the fight. But his uh, the guys he beaten priorly had an own sixty record. <laughs> yeah. Like, listen, you know, even opportunity like that, you, you there's something seriously wrong there. And just the whole organization what they seem to do you know Reese McKee he's main eventing the fight and he's to pay to use a sauna next door to him you know that's that's just crazy you know we've heard these issues I've vented my frustrations here before they, I mean, Marty Casey at one point had to sleep in a car when he's fighting Obama mm-hmm. um, you know with the, the Reds whole Norman Park Reds are, yeah. it's just it's just, it's just a serious lack of communication around that place and I think people are finally coming on to it I think cage warriors in terms of the fights they're putting on the fights they're making they're the fights the fans want to see and I think that's the difference you have with Bama. It's just sloppy. There's a lot of messing, I think, going around behind the scenes that, you know, it doesn't add up to me to be professional in what they're doing and how they're coming across. Like, come on. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. How should a fighter who is main eventing have to pay to get into a gym mm-hmm. to use a sauna for his weight cut? Yeah. Come, come on. Do you know what I, I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's I agree. I 100% agree with that. Although I think... You know, behind the scenes, there all those problems. But I think in front of the camera, they were actually doing really well because they had Jude Samuel, and that's another huge point because he's gone now. Yeah, he's gone. And I thought yeah. he was phenomenal. Now. Himself and Ian Dean, you know, were lucky as European MMA people to have two guys like that who are, you know, unbelievably good matchmakers and who put on great but fights. The, the, the problem here was Jude being, you know, I've tried to find this out off a few people and I couldn't get any answers. Was Jude being given the opportunity to make matches? Because I think that's possibly where that relationship might have gone wrong. We don't know. We don't know what happened. Because, you know, for me, there was someone else doing a lot of the matchmaking. Um, you know, let's look at some of the fight cards. Let's be honest about it. Like, it, it, there was a lot of fighters from certain gyms on, on, on fight cards. And I, you know, I, don't, I don't know. But it was just some some of the decisions to put guys 
where they are and their place in the car were very bizarre to me. Yeah. With 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 Bama, it's all speculation, but you know, it's just something that was very surprising to me. And then to hear that Jude was going, you know, I couldn't get any answers to why he was going. But uh, yeah, just yeah, disappointed. But Ian Dean, you know, Ian Dean's the best matchmaker in the UK. You know, the UFC could do a lot worse things than get him on board. Yeah. I'd love to see UFC give him an opportunity and possibly get rid of one of their matchmakers. <laughs> what if you can shot Shelby McMahon or this has just come out of nowhere? I've never heard this no, before. No, I've, I've been saying this for a long time. Just some really? of the matchmaking is just, you know, they're killing prospects. They're yeah, doing, doing a lot of very silly things in the UFC at the moment. I, I think a lot of, of that is Dana White, though. I really do. I think, you know, yeah, he, possibly, he can overwrite Possibly. But yeah, there you go. All right, let's move on. Derek Kelly, uh, who would you prefer doing the podcast with, Niall or Pizzi? <laughs> oh, it's a tough one. Niall's doing well now, in fairness. He's not too bad, so I'll put, I'll put him even now this time. I'll probably I'll need someone next Jesus, week, actually. Sh- so Sean Sheen's them. been nice to me. <laughs> I'm always nice to you. What are you talking about? you're in your hole. <laughs> I have to keep you sweet. You're putting shit in fucking Twitter and, and, and Instagram about Like, I don't fucking know. What's the worst thing I've said about bollocks. you? I just love having a bit of crack. Like. It, it goes in one ear and out the other yeah. these days. It's water off a duck's back We've hardened you. Myself and Graham have hardened you. That's a, you. You should. You definitely don't listen to podcasts where, anyway. Because we talk. Where is that bollocks? Uh, he's fucking at home. Actually, his flight got cancelled. He was supposed to be going to New York, so he could have done it with me. But then he was like gone away. Oh, somewhere no, as well, so. New York with Connor. Yeah, fuck's sake. He's living the Mac life now. As all he is, so he's only yeah, never liked him anyway. Uh, Derek Kelly, how shallow is light heavyweight division? Yeah, very shallow. We we talked about it earlier on. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. Let's get through one or two of these uh, Twitter questions. I'll answer the rest of them over on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast Mark Mo- Mohan very good question which MMA fighter would you would feel most comfortable with a Harley Neil Siri plays a bit of Harley doesn't he Alir Latifi he still Elir. has my fucking hurl yeah the fucker where'd you get a Harley from did you have to buy one or did you have no one? I didn't no 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 I, I, I'd won at home and I brought it in from fair pleasure God bless he you he carried it out to UFC Dublin yeah there it was you good go. I enjoyed that Siri uh, yeah Siri Siri is a keen hurler mm. so yeah I go along with Neil who'd, Siri who'd be a good like Oh, good coordination. Back now, yeah, good coordination. Would McGregor play a bit of hurling? I thought he's a bit small. You need a bigger boy, I think. Francis Ngannou, he'd make some full forward. He'd Franny Ngannou. Yeah, he'd probably get like ten shots in goal and miss them all. So yeah, it's or a tough not one. take him. Yeah, so go with Siri. So yeah, Siri, we go with Siri. Makes uh, most sense. Yeah. Corner forward for Limerick, he'd be good. Um, Andy Stevenson with Gus injured. Where does the two hundred five pound division go? Will Yoel Romero somehow get an automatic crack and interim belt? Yeah, what, what do What's you think? What's up, Andy? What do you think will happen with that? Like, if they if they made an interim belt right now, who's fighting for it? <sighs> Fuck the interim belts. I love them. Or if let's say for the full belt, let's say if, as you said earlier on, if Carmier lets it go, if Carmier vacates the belt, who's fighting for the full belt? If Jones isn't back. I, 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 I think you have to put Gustafsson in there. Mm. Um, a guy who's been so close, you know, being the, the the bridesmaid so many times. I think you'd have to put him in there in a fight or maybe even give it to him. I'm not too sure. Probably not because he hasn't fought in quite some time. Um, yeah, you'd have to look at him or who else is there? Yeah, there isn't really. Really? Romero, if he comes up, Anthony Smith, like against Gustafsson. Well, I think, you know, if Romero or... does go up, the division's in a lot of trouble. And I think, you know, I think after a lot of the weight issues, I think he has to go up. And we spoke about about Darren as well, mm. you know, yesterday. And until, you know, I was talking about it, you know, he, eventually that is the process. He's going to go up to 185 and he goes, I don't want to fucking fight that fucking guy. He goes, he's a fucking beast. <laughs> who was that and about? He is. Romero, is it? About Romero. Yeah, like, who is. wants to fight that guy? Nobody. But yeah. listen, I'd love to see him and Gustafsson throw down. Mm. Why wouldn't you? That That's a good fucking yeah, fight, man. It's, it's a really good fight. That would be a fight that would, you know, Get people interested. You get Anthony Smith winning a scrap if, if well, just talking him with the Gustafsson. If they don't do that, and 
you get a little bit of weight behind a few guys, and it looks like a very different landscape. But uh, yeah, that's that's definitely one I'd I'd, I'd like to see. I definitely. think I think Romero versus Smith makes a lot of sense as well. I think that'd be a good fight to make if, if he was uh, yeah. going up. But yeah. we'll see. Uh, I, think, Miss... I think Romero got through him, but yeah, yeah, yeah I do as well. Mister Podge, what happened with Mark Diacasey? Is he in danger of being caught, or will he being a name for Europe save him? Yeah, I I don't know. I think he will get one more chance. He's coming I off agree, three yeah. losses in a row. But it's tough, you know, there is a lot of fighters in the UFC now, we know we're in the middle of this Dana White contender series, you know, Nick Newell is coming in here at lightweight, if he wins that fight, will they be looking to make space for a lightweight? You know, mm. it could be... It's uh, interesting. I don't think it'd actually be the worst thing in the world for him if he did, like if he went back to Bama or Cage Warriors or, you know, although I like think Bellator might I, pick I, him up, yeah. I think Mark's, you know, I feel bad for Mark as well because, you know, we talk about matchmaking and I think he's been on the raw ends of some very good young talent that he's mm. gone up against. Daniel Hooker you know, especially. Yeah. Dan Hooker. You have Drakkar Close, who's, you know, if, if, for Francesco Trinaldo esque guy, he's a very tough guy to, to fight. He's just awkward. Mm-hmm. And then you have, obviously, um, a good guy in the Nazrat Hakparast. Um, there you go. Who, who's, who's, you know, definitely, you look like Kelvin Gastelum in there tonight. You know, a lot of power in those shots. And uh, he looks like Kelvin. He's he's good all round, good wrestler, um, good power. It's just been tough for Mark. And I think, you know, mm. I think maybe that's what worries me, that maybe they're not going to give him another chance because of the level of opposition they were putting him up against. Yeah, that's that really the worry for me. But I, I would like to see him get another chance. I think the matchmaking has been very hard on uh, Mark GKC, definitely. I agree. All right, last two questions here. James Dunn, how many points is too many points or is there such a thing? What do you think, Niall? Well, it depends. Mm. It depends on what points are. Of if it's beer, it, yeah, there's always too many points. But Guinness, nah. Never too many points again. Never. And too many next points. one from Nobler. How many? What's Niall's top five beers available right now? I don't. I tell you what. I don't drink beer. Very rarely yeah. drink beer. Become, yeah, and if I go abroad, I don't like drinking Guinness. But if I find a can, yeah. possibly in oh, a pub in America, I'll, I'll drink it. But I like Brooklyn Lager. I do like Brooklyn Lager, yeah. and I like the odds. Um, What's the name of it? Um, I love, uh, I like pale ale in fairness now. I like, um, there's a brand called Cooper's mm. Pale Ale. Very, very tasty. The green one. I love that. Um, don't drink it enough. It's very hard to get around here these days. And then um, some of the other little small IPAs are nice as well. What's the name of that one? The San, San, uh, Franciscan Well. The oh, green yeah. one is nice. I've actually, I, like I, I don't like them, but I like that one. I've tasted that one. Yeah, like that. that one's good. I'm very picky now about my beer. Mm-hmm, uh, I, I don't like drinking Heineken or that crap. Like it gets too fizzy. Um, Guinness, Guinness, Guinness. I used to be like for about five or six years, I was nothing but Guinness. I'd never drink any beer, but I don't know. Just in my old age, I've kind of gone off it a little bit. I'll probably get back into it again. But Harp, if they have Harp, I'll drink Harp all day. I love it. Harp is the fucking. If Carlsberg did beers, they'd do Harp. That's how good Harp is. It's fucking delicious. Oh, it's delicious. How dare you? You know you're a fucking dub, and you dirty animal. Harp. Jesus Christ. Abuse. Anyway. All right, that's the end of the podcast. Niall, tell tell the people where they can find you, your work, your podcast, your Twitter, your Instagram, all that. You can catch me uh, on, obviously, Severe MMA, on Talking Brawls podcast, big show, big lineup this week. We have Joseph Duffy stopping by, giving us an injury update, and when he's going to get back in there. We'll also have Eddie Alvarez ahead of his main event fight against Dustin Poirier this weekend. You can also find some of my work on offtheball.com as well on Twitter, at Niall McGrath 4, and on Instagram, Niall McGrath 4. That's where you'll get me. I appreciate it coming on with you tonight Sean I was actually I'm surprised you didn't give me more abuse yeah I, I gave you a little bit I was rough for time I threw in a Pat Bam Healy Bam Bam Healy reference there in the middle you kind of we went over that because no, I nor, normally it. you're a bigger prick to me yeah I am a, I'm normally a bigger prick to everyone I think I'm just tired now and I've 
Yeah, well, that, 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 that card has worn me out mentally because it, it was, was so shit. It was fucked up. It's it terrible. Fucked up. Thanks Brutal. anyway. Here, everyone, right. make sure um, make sure to listen to Ireland's second best MMA podcast coming out this. What day is huh. it? Wednesday, Thursday? Well, well, yeah, Wednesday this Wednesday. week, hopefully. Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday. Thanks, Niall. Follow him. Follow me. Follow Cheers. at Severe MMA Pod. Yeah. Send in your questions all week long. All that's left to do is the inspirational quote of the week. The same boiling water that softens the potato hardens the egg. It's about what you're made of, not the circumstances. We'll see you next Tuesday or Monday or Wednesday. Sport muncher you are, aren't you? (laughs) Good luck.